Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing. And we have authors on the whole scale, the whole range from just getting started debut authors to very accomplished authors. And I would say my guest in, is in the, the latter category today. I am thrilled and honored to welcome Lynn Cullen to the show. Hi, Lynn. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. So uh, Lynn is a best-selling author of historical novels. Um, the, the accolades are tremendous. I couldn't list them all. We'd be here all day. But needless to say, um, she's written a lot of notable works. Um, just for example, Mrs. Poe was named Book of the Year, Book of the Week by People Magazine, a Target Book Club pick, an NPR Great Read, um, and an Indie Next List selection. So, I mean, you know, but. The, and I could say a lot of those things about all the books that you've done, but we're not talking about those books today. We're talking about your brand new book, um, but yeah. I will further introduce Lynn. She grew up in Indiana. We were just discussing before the show because I'm also from Indiana. Um, Yay, she's Hoosiers. From... Yay. <laughs> we, it's funny when we see each other, we're like, oh my God, you're from there too. Like, it's just exciting. It there's something about, yeah. There's something about being from Indiana that just, it's just, it's just cool. Um. You learn to love history combined with traveling while visiting historic sites across the U.S. on annual family camping trips. Um, she attended IU in Bloomington, yay, and yay. Fort Wayne, yay, and took writing classes with um, Tom McHaney at Georgia State. And now you're in mm -hmm. you're in Atlanta. You've been in Atlanta for a long time, so Georgia's like your home now. Yes, I've been here for thirty nine years. Okay, so we'll we'll call that home these days. But yeah. I guess you take, yes. <laughs> yeah. You can take the girl out of Indiana, but you can't take the Indiana out of the girl. That's how we that's how we met. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right. So today, um, your newest book is called The Woman with the Cure. And I it's just so good. They luckily I got an early copy. They sent it to me. Um it's it's brilliant. Can you tell oh, us about thanks. um yeah, you well, I, you know, you're welcome, but I'm thanking you just for writing such a beautiful book. Uh mm -hmm. can you tell us about the book? What's the book about? Well, um, I'll start with uh, that the last great pandemic was the polio pandemic, which was um, different from ours in several ways. Um, one a way that, that our, our, our pandemic, COVID, was worse was uh, COVID claimed so many more lives. But uh, the polio pandemic had its own horrors. Um, it lasted for, um, you know, they had nothing to combat it with for 40 years. And it, the worst thing about it is it claimed children, babies, children, young adults. And it did this like clockwork every year for these um, 39 years. And I uh, became intrigued with um the race to find the vaccine between Salk and Sabin. Everybody's heard of Jonas Salk and Albert Sabin and their great fierce competition to be the first with the polio vaccine. And I love that. I think that's fascinating. But from the very start, I thought, what about the women? Weren't there women? And my book, um, The Woman with the Cure, answers that question. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like um, it reminded me in just in very general terms of uh, hidden figures in a way, kind of like you know, yeah. there's these, there's people that are also involved in these momentous things that are maybe because they're not 
you know, the right gender or whatever, <laughs> don't get, don't get mentioned. And I think that's, right. you know, very similar to that, but um, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so good and it's fascinating as, as on top of being entertaining, which I think you have to do. You have to be as a novelist, you. you have to entertain as well as inform, but. um. And thank you for mentioning that because it's not all this dry story about Dorothy Horthman. I tried to have fun with the characters and, and the foibles of, of the, of mankind in there. Oh yeah. No, you, you know, you're learning. So it sounds like a heavy, you, you are learning, but it's, it's entertaining as well. You know, it's a novel, so it's just fun, but that is good to point out. Don't be, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. <laughs> read it. You need to read it. It's really good. Um, so my first official question, mm-hmm. um, you're known for meticulous research and highlighting female figures like we were just saying in mm-hmm. history. So what, what inspired you to explore, um, your latest subject here, what, what brought you to, what, what brought her to your attention? Tell us about her and um, what, what, what fascinated you, apart from what you just said. Uh, well, um, I actually came to her from walking with my good friend in the neighborhood for 30 years. Um, I was, uh, my friend was a oral historian for the um, CDC and she was telling me about um the you know these disease detectives that's really who epidemiologists were and she's telling me about these pioneering ones and she started telling me about Salk and Sabin and that's where my question came up what about the women because and you know she didn't have many people to tell me about so I thought this can't be and I looked into it and there were a lot of women who made major contributions to polio research and treatment. Uh, just, you know, women were there, unsung women. But I, Dorothy Horseman, I did start with her. I, I was going to um, have uh, Albert Sabin's lab assistant. This is ha- this happened in real life. His lab assistant, when they were um, working on some tissue uh, from an autopsy of a polio patient, she actually got a tremendously horrible case of, of polio and was paralyzed. And she came back from this. And and even though, you know, her limbs didn't work, her mind still did. And she became a statistician. Right. And, um, you know, this is important when in the research, the statistician has a big role. And I thought, oh, that's my person. But I would write these scenes and um, I had heard of Dorothy Horseman. Um, I, I saw pictures about her in Life magazine that were connected to the miracle of Hickory in 1944. Here's this really tall woman showing um, a mom and a family how to use a fly trap because they, they thought that polio was being carried in flies. And so they're trapping flies. And then there's another picture of this, this Dorothy Horseman character um, drawing blood from from a little boy as the family looked on in horror, you know. And uh, then there's a picture of her relaxing the tent with her male colleagues. And she's she's tall. She's as big as any of them and looking very relaxed and happy. And um, so I I started doing some scenes, you know, with her and she just stole the scene and stole my heart. And the more I learned about her, it's like, oh, my gosh, she's She's not just someone who went to these um, these outbreaks with her job as a with the Yale Polio Study Unit. She, this woman made a major discovery, and that that was not the first thing that I learned about her. And then um, you know the discovery that that changed 
the the research for the vaccine. And she also, um, on her say so, which I can explain um, in following up with this, on her say so, uh, all of us who got the sugar cube vaccine in the 60s, we got that on her say so because she oversaw the world's largest drug trial in the USSR. There's one woman called to do this over 77 million um, immunizations. And the USSR being the middle of a cold war only allowed one woman, uh, one person, they didn't necessarily intend on a woman coming, but um, they only allow one person and the World Health Organization chose Dorothy Horseman. So all of us who received our oral polio vaccine, we Dorothy Horseman's say so. And my children who got oral polio vaccines, everybody who's gotten a oral polio vaccine got it on Dorothy Horseman say so wow that is so, fascinating yeah yeah so I found out this this person who was so charming in these pictures at the you know the miracle of hickory in uh life magazine was this huge figure and so um you know I just burned to write about her the same way she burned to beat polio yeah I mean I feel like her name should be on a lot more buildings and whatnot I mean you know it's not like like you were saying in the beginning of the interview, she, you know, she's not, Salk is way more like off the tip of your tongue than, you know, it's a oh, shame, yeah. but yeah, this will, this book and other, you know, that's what it takes. Everyone is talking about it, right. You know, you're lighting the way, but now we're going to know more about it. That is fascinating. I didn't know any of, I didn't know that before I, I didn't know that. That's great. That's so cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Women can do everything. We're good. We're good at all. This yeah. Stuff. Yeah, they can. Yeah. And we always could have, it was just getting the opportunities to do it. It was not that we, it's not that we suddenly became brilliant, you know, in modern day. <laughs> no. And in fact, even when they didn't have opportunities, Dorothy had to create her opportunities. She had to fight for every single position she got. Um, but yes. And that's one reason I'm thrilled for uh, women to learn about her that, you know, we, we persevere, you know, if we want to get something done, it, it, it maybe it's a it a it's not a good thing to be um, challenged in order to do something, but it sure makes you tough. Yes, you do develop a, a real thick skin real fast when a lot of yeah. things are you're, the door is shut in your face a lot more often. Um, you know that's good. That's a good point too. That's an interesting way to think of it as well. Well, speaking of research, because you do a lot, um, have you always loved research, even as a kid? How, why are you so into it? <laughs> <laughs> well. Those camping trips that you mentioned that my family went on, they were always focused around history. That was my dad's thing. We went to museums and um, historical sites. Being from Indiana um, and from Fort Wayne, uh, big figure, because uh, there's a Lincoln Museum there due to Lincoln life. And around Southern Indiana, you know, there's a Lincoln cabin. I've been to every Lincoln thing as a child. Um, and it was just like that. We would pursue these certain figures. Lincoln, again, was my dad's favorite and became my favorite. Um, but I just learned to uh, look for history. And uh, Penelope Lively, uh, one of my favorite authors, she's an English author. She's done children's books and um, a Booker Prize winning uh, adult novel. She her um, books always, children and adult alike, always make you um, think about what happened right where you are 
100 years ago, 200 years ago. And I have kind of picked up that torch. I do that in my children's books a lot of times because I used to write children's books when my kids were little. And for my adult books, I love to think about what was here because we are not just something that dropped into time and things have always been just like they are now. And I'm curious about how they were and how that affects us now. Yeah, it's it's interesting how some people are more drawn to that than others. And my, I have a 12 year old who's in middle school, and he loves um, any kind of history, any history class. He wants to, you know, dive in and ancient history. He likes now, and but he likes American history. So it's just fascinating because I wasn't didn't dislike it. It just, I, you know, I could see that he has a way more of a passion for it than I ever did. And I think, well, you know, I don't know where that came from, but I'm really excited about it. So it's good because it is, it's, it's, you know, I think you can only get better if you understand where we came from. We can only improve if right. you know where you were from. So and, you know, great. I think it helps for history for uh, you to look at history as what happened to individuals. Like I could care less about wars and generals and presidents even. I care about regular people or people who, like Dorothy, um, made this huge difference. They might have come from nothing like she did. What? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably what a lot of my, it wasn't like an aversion to the class or anything, but I just like, I just, another battle, another war. Wow. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, but who I love, cares about that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, but I got a, bo a book around that age of, about the Black Death. I'm like, oh, this is my jam. This is what I like. I know, like, I know, <laughs> because I know. Because it, affected, it yeah. affected real people. That's what I care about. How was it for for people? Yeah, I always thought it'd be really, I was just remember growing up being like, man, I'm so glad they have like things like anesthesia now and stuff. Like what would have been like to just have to give birth a bunch of times, you know, just with no help. And that that was always scary to me as a, as a young girl, just thinking like what, how hard it would have been. I felt lucky that I had at that time, even, you know, modern medicine, which, you know, 50 years from now, they're going to look back on us being like, oh, those idiots, you know, or whatever. But it's kind of yeah. cool to think about the progression that we've made and the different advantages you get to have at the different ages you're in and all that stuff so yeah I this is probably horrifying to my children and to people here but I I love going to cemeteries and I would always drag my poor children to cemeteries because it was fascinating for the very thing you're talking about to see how many children died and how many mothers died in childbirth because there'd be a mother in the same date there's this little grave and I think that 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 influenced me a lot um, in the writing of this book because uh, I think Dorothy um, uh, practiced pediatrics as well. And before they had antibiotics um, and before, you know, of course, this vaccine, uh, I, how hard it would be a, to be a pediatrician because you were always losing patients and you were always telling parents, I'm sorry, your child died of uh, an infection in their toe, like um, Woodrow Wilson's son died of a uh, infection that started in his toe. Um, so it just was, you know, interesting to to see that. Absolutely. I like cemeteries too. We could hang out. We're, we're, we're the same. We're <laughs> Good. The same you sort. won't think I'm weird and spooky because I'm really not a dark person at all, but I just, I just like to appreciate how far we've come. Yeah, and I'm definitely I'm sunshiny, and I'm the, I'm always like, hey everybody, let's go have a party. Like I'm not you know at all like that, but I I find it I do find it fascinating. But I, you know for the same reasons, I think it's just enlightened. It's just fascinating. The human condition is always so fascinating too. I think yes. both of 
Yeah, we could totally hang out. We and I also walk in the morning. So hey, hey everything is we have all of the things. <laughs> We're just in the wrong cities. Where are you right now? I'm I'm right outside of DC. I'm in near Baltimore. So I'm in Frederick, oh. Maryland. So it's near I'm from DC, Baltimore area. Oh so, yeah, beautiful. Not, yeah, I I like I grew up in South Florida. So for to go anywhere, we went through Atlanta because, you know, I, and so I growing up thought, oh, everyone flies through Atlanta because that's what you do. <laughs> you just go, everyone goes through Atlanta at some they point to get to anywhere else. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was our, that was like the big city for us, you know, for me anyway. But I do like Georgia a lot. I like Savannah very much. Oh, yeah. Savannah's yes. awesome. It's yeah. Cool. We, we're we're, we're on the east side of the, of things. We could, we'll hook up one of these days. <laughs> we better. Yeah. We'll talk about the Black Death as our as we walk to uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, cheery, yeah. Are just two fun time gals out on the out on the town. Um, so this book, another official question, even though as you as you can see, these are kind of meandering questions throughout the day. Um, we were talking. You brought it up already because this is a question I had about the current pandemic. Mm. Um, this book is set during the pol times of polio, which was a long time. Um, but it struck me that it'd be really relatable, more relatable perhaps in the last couple of years to, to readers than it would have been maybe 10, 15 years ago. Because I know as a younger person, I didn't really kind of understand. <laughs> Luckily for us, we, I didn't understand what being in a pandemic was like. And now right. I do. <laughs> yeah. So do you, yeah. did you have any of that in mind when you're writing or did you write this way ahead of, of this, these current troubles or how did that impact it, you at all or not at all? Well, I started the book, I laid hands to my keyboard on December 31st, 2019. And it was um, about eight months later in the middle of uh, isolation. I saw that that was the day that um, scientists announced to the WHO that there was this novel coronavirus. So I didn't know when I started the book that I would be writing during a pandemic. And in the very beginning, you know, when we were locking down, of course, I was scared and discombobulated, but um, I thought, okay, I'll have a feeling about how authentic it was, you know, or I'll be able to add an authentic note to my writing. I very quickly thought, I wish I didn't know how authentic this was and how scary and heartbreaking. And it, it totally helped with the writing of this book because I could get um the the sorrow and the fear and i could also importantly understand dorothy's um driving compulsion to find this cure because uh, you know every day that they didn't have the answer um was a day that they lost people or children were paralyzed and i could see that i could feel that in our pandemic how you know, why it was, why she gave up everything to to do this. It just requires that um, in this situation. And I, I think about the people who developed vaccines for this fact, um, this epidemic, and, and I can't imagine how much work that they put into it, yeah. uh, you know, to deliver us. Yeah, that's so. that's interesting that you brought up the the two halves because I had I was thinking of you know you're in the mind you're in the you can tell the mindset of the the people that are being affected by the I mean everyone's being affected by it but then you also are talking about that the people are trying to fix it trying to get to the solution and how much right. pressure that must be and that how 
I mean, how do they sleep? Just be like, just going to stay up until we get this fixed, you know, get this fi fi figured out. And then, right. you know, there's testing. They have to know that it actually works. I mean, that's just seems like, you know, they're super smart and have to be patient yet work really fast. <laughs> so it's right. like, oh, that sounds yes. very intense. And, you know, I got a sense of Dorothy feeling that she she wrote about that. She spoke about that and her work showed that sense. I got that more from her than from Salk and Sabin. They seem more uh, driven by having the the best and first vaccine than delivering the children. Um, I'm sure that was in their mind, and I don't really, you know, mean to to make them look horrible. But I I think it, I just kind of feel like from what I've seen, they're more focused on the vaccine rather than what the vaccine does. Um, not that they didn't care about that, but I, in her case, it was just sheer, gotta beat this thing. I yeah. don't care what it takes. We're beating it. Yeah. She's worried about the babies, you know, she yes. wanted the, the children to, you know, not that men don't care about kids too, but still, I mean, I think there's right. something to be said about what female sort of, um, mothering, you know, we really want everyone to be okay. And we, we probably won't send you off to war as quickly, possibly as a, another gender president you know what i mean there's always that saying women you know there just is it's just you know but you know you need two halves and we have two halves but they you know egos come into play here and there ah, well moving on <laughs> yeah that was a you, hard one <laughs> that is a tough one because we don't know what they were really but yeah i understand i get i get what you're saying there's a nurturing sort of aspect that comes along to being a female sometimes that doesn't always i think it's there just they just harder time for them to show it sometimes well, um, and, and in her case, you know, she she wasn't there for the glory, you know, yeah. she was there to get the job done. And yeah. I think that difference showed. Yeah. And we're we're dancing around this topic, because, but it's kind of like the difference between personality sometimes. And sometimes that aligns up with gender, but and not, not always, but sometimes. But yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so what do you what do you hope readers will take away after reading this book of yours? I mean, we're we're gonna learn some stuff, but we're also gonna be entertained. What would you what is the most important thing that you think people should take away after reading this book? Well, besides all the Dorothy uh information and you know about this incredibly strong and warm, she's such a cool individual. But besides all that and um, the major point that, oh, my gosh, if she had been allowed to do her work earlier, um, if she would have been, you know, gotten all the support Salk and Sabin got, that perhaps um, people would have uh, not not as many people would have died. They would have found a, um, a vaccine earlier with her work. But um, there's a, a greater thing that I noticed really more in later revisions as I was writing book, I realized this book is really about connections and how we are all connected. And as I have one character say, if we only knew how connected we were, we'd be kinder to each other. Um, so that's something I just want people, I would hope that they at least uh, subconsciously think about when they read this book, because it shows all these women um, and men, you know, all the people involved from the uh, man who handled the um, lab animals 
to and the lab animals themselves I, I recognize their sacrifice i i do it's important to to recognize their sacrifice um but you know and children giving dimes to the march of dimes to mothers of uh, like dorothy's mother and just just all walks we're all needed to pull together and when we do that we can achieve great things yeah yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that. Um, and giving people opportunities and chances when maybe you think they wouldn't deserve it. That's what I took away from it. It's like she needed a, more of a chance, but she got it at the end. But that's perfect. What you just said is perfect. I love that because it is true. Like, you know, you meet, you meet, you know, we're on, we're not, we're only strangers for a little while until we start talking, get to know each other. And there, we, we have more things in common than we do apart, I think, um, and anywhere you are, you know. Yes, exactly. Well, you yeah, are a I'm you sorry, have to just be fellow Hoosiers, you know, to <laughs> to connect. Yes. Hey, there's a million. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. No, I there's love all the do. connections. Yeah. You know, I, I love doing this kind of work. I love talking with uh, writers and different things. And just through this little list of questions, I learned so much about people, but there's always something that we can bond with. It's just the way, it, you know, it's just fun. It's because, you know, it's the, like we were saying, the human condition, just fascinating how yep. we connect to each other through time over time well you're extremely yes. accomplished you've written children's books as you mentioned you've written these well-acclaimed books every you just you're you're on your way you're not even on your way you're what you're there you already made it <laughs> so, <laughs> oh I don't know every day is a battle but I'm trying and I'm loving think, it good well you're doing great and I, all of that is a lead up to the last question which is if you could tell your younger writing self anything because you've been doing this a long time you've had a lot of achievements mm -hmm. and different things what would you give your what would you give your beginning writer self advice what would you tell your younger writer self if anything i uh, i actually think i've been like this all along that don't give up but and that's something i've always done is like if, if something's not working don't just keep hitting your head against the wall. Try to learn from it, figure it out, but don't give up. Yeah. And it's sort of like what, you know, how Dorothy was. She's a great example. Exactly. Just don't give up, keep trying, figure it out. There you go. Good advice. And that's for anything you want to do, not just writing. Yes. And then, you know, if you can't, I would say, if you can't go through them, go around them. <laughs> it's like you just have to work around people or situations if it's not opening up to you but that's that's you know, true that's just true go around it make your own way around you know that's it's the same thing you're saying as if we're saying it differently um yes. very good well those were your questions but we do a little rapid fire quiz at the end are you ready uh-oh okay right. <laughs> most everyone fails no i'm kidding it's very easy you'll be fine <laughs> you'll pass okay, okay. look to my Number left one. look to my right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, um, you will um get these questions okay yeah What's your favorite number? No, that's not one. Okay, number one, um, summer or winter? Summer. Okay. Well, you are a southern state person now. Yeah, so. no, it's hot as heck, yes, but I love the flowers and the birds. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like the hot. Yeah. Indiana Indiana winters are not to be trifled with. Yeah, maybe um, that's why I would never <laughs> say winter. <laughs> I've had enough of them. Yeah. yeah, that's the reason we grew up in Florida because it was too cold. Um, sweet or savory? Sweet. Okay, I'll accept that. Comedy or drama? Oh, that's hard because I like both. <laughs> I I love my favorite books are books that make you laugh and make you cry. 
There you go. That's so, that's, that's all I can say. <laughs> that's acceptable. You're allowed to cheat. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I encourage cheating. In this <laughs> okay. Um, early bird or night owl? Night owl. Okay. Usually that one is a little easier than they they get easier as we go. And the last oh. one is coffee or tea. Oh, coffee. Where's my mug? I, it's a side <laughs> here, but yes, coffee for sure. <laughs> well, you passed. Like oh, uh, only minimal cheating, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to look. <laughs> uh. So, what's going on with you now? Are you going out on tour? You got the book coming out. What's happening? Where can we find you? Well, the um, book just came out yesterday, and yeah, so I had a launch party last night, and um, I'm doing uh, I. Uh, 14 uh, radio and uh, Zoom and podcasts and things today. And I will be traveling a little bit, going to um, St. Pauli. I always want to call it St. Pauli's, combining um, Minnesota and, and the South Carolina. But anyhow, Pauli's Island uh, for a um, luncheon on Friday, you know, book, book tour. And then I am doing a lot of events in the metro Atlanta area, which you know from driving through is humongous that'll keep me busy for a while and uh meanwhile i'm hoping to get back to writing book i'd started recently and uh it keeps me hopping busy busy well that's great well we're so excited and we can we'll find you um what's your website is it lynn cullen yes dot com mm -hmm. and we can your, your fans can find you there and find out where to i mean the books are available everywhere but they can Oh, for Connect sure. Connect with you there. Connect with yes. you there. Yes, and also uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Lynn Cullen. I'm happy to hear from people. I love talking about Dorothy and, and books and writing and the human condition. So yeah. <laughs> contact <laughs> me. I'd love to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're you're lovely and so much fun to talk to. And I'm just thrilled Thank that you, you had the time to you speak too. with me. You're, you have a huge schedule today. And I'm so glad you had time for us. And I just so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been really fun. I, I will see you walking someday. <laughs> yes, we'll have to make that happen. We're going to walk and talk about the Black Dead. We're going to talk about everything. But um, I cannot wait to meet you in person. Um, you're wonderful and have a great rest of your day. Same here to you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you.